0: Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Our lessons today really uh, speak of what it is to be drawn um, into the holiness of God and the reaction um, that people have um, when they enter into the holiness of God. Um, We have the passage from Isaiah, 1st. Foremost, which is that great vision after King Uzziah um, has died, and sort of the political climate's in, in turmoil, and, and Isaiah has this vision of being in the temple and uh, hearing the voice of God and seraph flying around, and that great uh, that great message that we that we proclaim every week in church. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Booming so as the whole temple is just shaking. And Isaiah says, yikes, right? Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the people of unclean lips. I'm not worthy to be here, right? I mean, pretty much. And And one of the seraphs flew and took a coal from the altar and went and touched his lips and says, now your sin's departed from you. We're going to do that today after the confession instead of the absolution. I'm just going to come and touch each of your lips with the coal. I don't know if you'll want communion after that or anything else, but we'll see how that goes. But, you know, here, here it is. Um... And so then, the voice of the Lord says, who, who will go for us? Who shall we send as a messenger? And, and Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Leading into great songs uh, for, for revivals from now on, right? Here I am, Lord, right? Here is it I, Lord. Which is always great and wonderful and more like a Paul tight, type, type message than what really happens because then God says, great, you're going to go preach and people won't listen to you? You're going to open their eyes except they're blind and they won't open their eyes and you're going to try to explain stuff but they're not interested in learning. <laughs> and Isaiah says, oh, all right, well how long will that take? Basically forever, right? I mean, until they're, until they're exiled and just when you think that they're all gone, there's still going to be a few of them left, and you're going to keep preaching. They're not going to pay attention either. <laughs> this, oftentimes, this, I, I, I often criticize the lectionary for leaving out parts, and they added this part optionally, but nonetheless, it is allowed to be here this time in it's a, it's a good lesson because so often we want to leave these passages on this high note. Here am I. Send me. And everybody just wants to hear what I have to say because obviously it's from the word of the Lord. So everybody will listen to my words. And the answer is, one, they're not my words. They're God's words. And two, no, they don't want to hear them. All the time. Which, which sort of leads to to Paul, also on the, the second lesson, where where there's a different aspect of receiving the holiness. We the last couple weeks we've been talking about how the Corinthians have been in this state of really just sort of battling each other as how they're going to use their gifts, um, how they're going to use this holiness of God, so to speak. And, and they keep competing with one another. Who has the best gifts? I've got the best gifts. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And Paul also keeps saying, it doesn't matter. You're all one body. You're using these gifts. And as he says, today sort of wraps it all up with, with sort of a Nicene Creed type, type thing. of the, the first thing that happened is that Jesus was raised and he appeared... Peter appeared to James, he finally appeared to me, appeared to a whole bunch of people. And, and so I press on that you might believe. But it doesn't matter if it's for me or from anybody else, so long as the message of Jesus keeps getting proclaimed. So this is back to sort of Peter. And there's an interesting aspect. This is this is in your in your Bible a lot of times it'll say Jesus calls the first disciple, right? This is the call of the first disciples. But in between last week's lesson and this week's gospel lesson, s- stuff happens. Remember last week Jesus sort of passes through a bunch of people who want to throw him off a cliff um, when they find out his message is a message for the world, it isn't just a message about overthrowing the Gentiles and restoring Israel as a prominent national power. And it says and Jesus left the synagogue and he entered Simon's house. So he's already been at Simon's house. And the first thing he did is Simon's mother-in-law had a high fever, and they appealed to her on uh, appealed to him on her behalf. And Jesus stood over her and healed her. And immediately she got up and was able to begin to serve, to wait on them. And then after that, um, there have been many came um, to Simon's house with diseases and demons, and he, and he cast out demons and healed the sick. And so this is sort of just a little background. as It says, now Jesus begins to teach on the shoreline, and as he's teaching... All of a sudden, more and more people are there, and he has to get into a boat and and cast off a little bit, which makes almost like a perfect little amphitheater-type space. And the boat he got into was Simon's boat. And uh, after Jesus is done with his teaching, he says, all right, Simon, now push off a little bit more into deep waters and um, let down your nets. And Peter... Simon, at this point still, right, says, we've been out here all night. Like, I was cleaning my nets when you rolled up. We were ready to go get some breakfast. It's been a long night. We've been working real hard. You know, you could hear the exhaustion in his voice. We've been out here all night. Right? You say this sometimes. I've been working all day. Can I just get something to eat? Can I just do X? I just want to lay down. We've been working all night and caught nothing. But, and it's what's after the but that's important, but I'll do as you say. So he pushes out, he drops down the nets and catches such a miraculous catch of fish that they need the other boat and it fills both boats and the nets are breaking. And Peter says, Lord, I'm not worthy to be here. You get away from me. He's filled with fear. Now, Simon's already, he, he, Simon Peter's already encountered Jesus, right? He's been at his house. He healed his mother-in-law. He healed everybody who showed up and cast out a whole bunch of demons. He's experienced Jesus at work, God at work in Jesus, but now things are getting a little personal. Right now he's encountered the holiness of God in a way that he never expected that is like, wow, this is money. right? This is God doing something different. Get away from me. Jesus, you know, stand up. And from now on, you'll be fishing for people. And Peter leaves everything and follows him. James and John leave everything and follow him, and Andrew leaves everything and follows him. And, and it's interesting, right? This this passage of, of this the reactions. To encountering uh, the holiness of God, and, and I, I sort of reminded of of my own, you know, various times in my life when when I've experienced God's holiness. You know, I've went to church my whole life, and I don't I don't know, you know, I, I experienced things now now and again, and um, got called to seminary, obviously certainly experience God's holiness now and again, but um, one of our classes, evangelism, which all Episcopalians love. (laughs) In in, an evangelism class, we had to go out to um, downtown Pittsburgh and um, go up to people in groups of two or three and ask strangers if you could pray for them, or if they wanted something to be prayed for. I was right in my comfort zone, as you can imagine, as an extreme introvert, and um, uh, just, just honestly, not really, sort of still in seminary wondering, how did I get here, right? I mean, I, I'm here, but at, the, at that point, I wasn't even looking to be a priest, I was just looking to be a youth minister, um, except that I realized as much as I love kids, I can't stand other youth ministers because they're all extroverts off the chart and, uh, you know, c- completely, um, crazy, um, but in a good way for Jesus. Uh, but, uh, anyway, I remember going up and, and um, with a group and I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't the person who spoke, um, at the time, um to this, to this uh, older black man who had, who had half, a, half a leg, one of his, his bottom leg, and we asked, could we pray for him? And he said, yes. And we laid hands on him. And it was like volts of electricity just shot through um, every all of us. And you could see it in his face and you could see it on our face, and you could see it in me, and I was like, whole, what happened here? Um, and that was the first time I ever really experienced God's holiness in the way that we talk about, sort of, I don't know what I'm getting into, and if I'm worthy of, of, of all of this except but the transformation, the joy, and the grace on this person's face of experiencing God's love was amazing and immense. And I realized that this sort of reality of, of being a vessel of God's love is, is way on what we're invited to. do when we're called to catch people then have to explain all of the theology of what Jesus did in the resurrection or or even have a a call story that makes a very linear sense of well here's how I came to be saved it's encountering the holiness of God that's there for all of us seek, to receive, to embrace. And this is what Paul is saying in this passage to the Corinthians. Who cares who gets the credit? Who cares whose gift is better? Who cares how it happens? Who cares if it's me? Who cares if it's you? Who cares, who cares, who cares? So long as it's happening. Because Jesus has come to bring the love and life and grace of God to the world. Jesus come to bring holiness to you and to me. Jesus come from heaven to earth to bring heaven to earth and sort of merge those together that we might have this new great and glorious life. Who cares how it takes place and who gets the credit? And I think as we sort of burst into this um, the season of, of Epiphany continuing to go on of, of recognizing that Epiphany is just finding ways that God's made manifest to us. This is another great way that God's made manifest even to me this time. That our, that our role as, as the church is to make God manifest to people. And it happens in a variety of ways. It happens through praying for people. It happens through just explaining. It happens through the spiritual gifts. It happens by sitting here in the whole temple just being filled with a booming voice and maybe a seraphs flying down and alighting on you, I don't know. The interesting thing, amazing thing, is that, that, that God continues to work in us and through us. And maybe we're not really touched by it, our mother-in-law being healed and demons being cast out and other people being, but, oh my gosh, a bunch of fish, right? You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is for you and you don't know what it is for your neighbor. You don't know what it is for somebody else. Ways that, that we sort of go, okay, a bunch of fish, but this guy's healed or, you know, how god works in the lives of people god continues to work differently and amazingly because it needs to continue to carry on to touch to bless to heal so may we seek to draw deeper into the holiness of God. And it may not be in those ways. If there's anything that sometimes um, the church may get a little bit wrong is it's we, we get stuck in it's only got to be this way. This is, it's only got to be this. This is the way we do it. The Baptists do it this way. The Pentecostals do it this way. And the people do it this way. But God speaks in many ways. And uh, I pray that we may seek the holiness of God in a variety of ways. Be open to the holiness of God. And to saying, here am I, send me. And when the role isn't so great, we say, okay, anyway. And oh my gosh, look at these fish. And oh my gosh, Jesus appeared even to me as I'm, persecuting his followers. Because God is there, ready, seeking to be holy in your life, to fill you with awe and wonder and amazement and healing. And uh, so we're going to go, actually, right into into, uh, the blessing of the throats now, Um, which is is an opportunity to allow God to be working in us and through us in a way that we're not used to coming forward and having two unlit candles pressed to our throat Um, but really what it is is a way to say here am I Lord touch me Bless me. Heal me. The Lord be with you. you. Almighty and most merciful God, who has created all things by the power of your word, and who for the salvation of all men, has willed the same one by whom all things were made should become incarnate. You are great, and you do wondrous things, awesome and worthy of praise. For the confession of whose faith the glorious martyr, Bishop Blaise, spurning divers torments, was counted worthy to receive the martyr's palm, to whom, among other gifts, you did grant the virtue of healing infirmities of the throat through your almighty power. We humbly beseech your majesty that regarding not our sins you would deign to bless through your grace and glory through our prayers this creature of wax sanctifying it and hallowing it through your grace that all who with a lively faith receive its impress upon their throats may be freed from all ailments of the same and be restored to health and may show forth in your holy church their thankfulness for your benefits by praising your glorious name, which is worthy of eternal blessings through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This time I invite you... Let me get my mask. I invite you to come forward to receive um, the impress and blessing for your throat or any other thing that ails you. Thank you.